0: Welcome to Sivaco, the road to Avatar. I'm Sean Alexander, and I'll be your guide through the world of Pandora and beyond. Pe- oh, Pandora and beyond! Gosh, messed up my words there straight away. Uh, I'm going to say it's because I'm now I'm not only doing audio for this one, I'm doing visuals as well because I have a very special guest. And uh, special guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: I would gladly. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. My name is Vega B or Vega Bondage, Vega Bondage Babe on TikTok, uh, which is why we're doing video and I much appreciate it. I am an avatar fan. I'm a fan of science fiction, uh, but above all those things in my real life, I am a fan of nature and the environment. In my muggle life, I live as a naturalist. I Live on a tiny remote island far away from the city. If I can avoid people, I do. But more than anything, I'm an advocate for uh, the ocean and for wildlife. And I've spent the last decade uh, taking people and trying to educate them the best that I can out on the water, letting them interact with wildlife from a safe distance, and uh, just trying to encourage the understanding that we are not apart from nature, we are part of it.
0: That is so exciting. And I'm I'm so glad to have you on because I uh, stumbled across your TikToks uh one evening. And I was like, this you're perfect. Like for a guest, you're like the perfect <laughs> option to have on here because you have such a passion for avatar and especially for the topic we're gonna cover today, which you've mentioned, which is we're gonna be talking about how avatar and environmentalism kind of intertwine quite well. They um, do. But before that. I do have some basic Avatar questions to uh, throw your way. The first of which is, um, when did you first see Avatar?
1: That would be 2009. Uh, December, it came out in theatres. At the time, I was living in a small First Nations community up in northern Canada. And the only theatre that they had there was like a small 400-seat theatre. So it was not the big IMAX experience that most people were used to. But it was exciting for me. I actually looked back into my Facebook memories just to kind of get an idea of how I felt about it. And the only words I wrote about the film were, I just walked out of a dream.
0: <laughs> That's, you know what? That actually sounds like a perfect experience to, to have. And I, I like that every guest is basically like, yep, 2009, bang on, just, just immediately.
1: Else? I suppose it's very possible. I have friends uh, who are only recently now noticing my addiction to this film and have taken it upon themselves for whatever reason maybe they were too young when it came out or because of all the grandiose hype around the film they just decided it wasn't going to be for me there's too much build up and unfortunately that just i feel like that took away from it for a lot of people but today you can watch it and you can see how much of an impact it had on people and why that impact has lasted over a decade and why we're so excited for the sequels
0: yeah So for you, is there like a favourite moment from the film that you enjoy? Um, Always thinking, like you always think about, oh, can't wait to revisit this when I watch it next.
1: Well, every time I watch the film, I think there's something new that resonates with me. You know, back in 2009, it was the flying Ikran. All of a sudden you get this ability to feel like you're flying through the air. And although I mentioned I'm a naturalist, I also spent 10 years working as a trapeze performer. So I uh, have spent a lot of time flying through the air. And I think Avatar may have subconsciously had an effect on me in that sense. But I think I have a new favorite uh, part of the film, which upon a recent rewatching, noticing Grace having her conversation with Parker Selfridge, and she is just advocating for the nobby people and reminding him that the wealth of this world is not to be dug out of the ground it's all around us and then selfridge has this moment before he scoffs off at her saying what the hell have you people been smoking out there but because of the new way of water trailers and the news that we've been getting through empire you can see almost now a twinkling in hindsight in his eye where he recognizes the true potential of unobtainium and so as a fan of lore as well uh it gave me the nerdy tingles that this is where we're going to start to see uh the growth of the recombinants in avatar the way of water
0: and you know what that's a perfect chance to ask that final question which is how excited are you for the way of water
1: (laughs) so excited (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't think i realized how much i had compartmentalized my passion for Avatar until that trailer dropped. I haven't been going to theaters, so like many other people who got to finally see it just before Multiverse of Madness, I didn't have that experience. A week later, it finally comes out on the internet and my mind exploded. And all of a sudden, that's the only thing I wanna talk about right now. I've been rereading the old books. I've been jumping back into the lore. I've got caught up on the comics and I am ready for December, 2022.
0: Uh, You know what? I'm the same. I'm sort of catching up on things that I didn't do before. So uh, I've recently bought the (laughs) Avatar board game, which I'm (gasps) waiting to arrive in the post. At some point, I'm going (laughs) to do a video on that, which I really can't wait to do um, because I love board games and also really like movie-themed board games. So that sort of fits perfectly.
1: Is it a trivia game or is it like little pieces? It's like,
0: yeah, like moving pieces. Like you build, uh, it's like um, made a card and you build the tree. (laughs) The tree. And I don't know how the game works. I'm looking forward to finding out. So nice. <laughs> and yeah, like I for for me, I'm so excited. And I think you're right. A lot of people have like compartmentalized their like, sort of enjoyment and love of Avatar because we have had such a long break from it. And when you compare it to something like the Marvel films, where we're getting them three times, four times a year, and now we're getting mm-hmm. them three times, four times a year plus the four or five TV shows. You don't need to compartmentalize that. That's just constantly <laughs> thrown in you it, at your face, and that's true. fine. Hey, that's great. But for Avatar now, we get a bit of that. so I
1: mean, you put it you put it in perspective when Avatar came out, they only had Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk films. Those were the only Marvel films out there at the time. So that's how much time has passed since the first Avatar film,
0: yeah. like it's crazy to think in in those terms to be like, Yeah, that's a lot of. That's a long time, in terms of like how far that franchise has gone from from basically being like, oh, we might we might have another character show up in a movie, maybe. It's true. So I think now's the perfect time. Let's have a little chat about our main topic today, which is the environmental themes of Avatar, and how that those themes can like feed into the world around us. So. I know that as you said in your introduction you've got a massive love for the world nature and avatar as well so what what drew you to want to talk on this topic
1: well just the way that you structure that question uh what are the environmental themes of avatar it almost separates humans from the environment and What we have to remember is that humans evolved as part of a massive global ecosystem. We are not separate from this. We are very much involved in nature at all times. And our impact on nature is very much shining in our faces these days uh, with constant global catastrophes around the world. And it's easy to separate ourselves and compartmentalize our emotions and how we see the world around us because of what's convenient and what feels comfortable. But we have to remember that we are just tiny, small, insignificant pieces as much as we like to deny it. And unfortunately, those small little pieces can have a cascading impact on nature as a whole. yeah, now Avatar, of course, did a great job of uh, giving us that visual representation. We didn't see, we we have seen that in other films, obviously. But with Avatar, it was giving us the opportunity to experience it in an immersive way, because that's what James Cameron is known for, especially with his IMAX experiences. But by separating it from the human condition and putting it on another planet, even if that planet is near identical to Earth, in small tweaking little ways that science fiction is able to do, we are able to appreciate it and then take lessons back from that film that we can hopefully use in our day-to-day life.
0: I think that sums it up perfectly in terms of what James Cameron and his, certainly his ethos in terms of what he wants to show in his films and, and specifically Avatar. When you think sure. of Avatar as well, like a lot of people make that sort of immediate assumption and be like, it's a, it's a story like Pocahontas or Fern Gully. And it dances with walls and things like that, and yeah, those sort of ones that. And, and he's even admitted that. Hey, look, we, the story is simple. I've made it simple for you.
1: I I really feel for James Cameron because he's such an intelligent person, and I feel like at every turn, everything he has to do, he has to dumb it down to the most basic level to explain it to a toddler. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, if Pocahontas is the only grounding experience that you have to understand colonialism and the massive impacts of of strip mining and what humans have done for hundreds of years to each other if that is the only like touchstone that you have in your life i'm really sad to say read a fucking book
0: (laughs) yeah and because he's a very intelligent man isn't he and he wants you know, he could make a story that's overly complicated for us, but he, he wants to make something that it has that mass appeal. And he's shown that he can make something with mass appeal because it means that he can get that sort of message out to, to the wider audience.
1: It's true. And we'll talk about that a little more later in the show, I think, but James Cameron uh, has a, an innate sense of what the world needs in order to digest information. And he's very good at breaking it down and making it appeal to those audiences who unfortunately have the the wrong idea of things. And I I don't mean to separate people, you know, these people are good, these people are bad, but there is a, a, a large population of individuals who just don't want to know but they've been conditioned to expect information in a certain tone, in a certain way. And James Cameron is able to make a lot of information and we'll talk about that later. Uh, He's produced several programs which explain everything on their level.
0: Awesome. So let's get on to talking about specifically Avatar and how its relationship is to the environment. Now, the main thing that I always think of is obviously why the RDA are there, it's about the unobtainium. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't sort of a immediate, like, like red flag of your face to be like, hey, look, this is about we're using the, the world's resources too much and mm-hmm. you ha- slow it down a bit. <laughs> I don't know what else can be a, a big old warning sign for people
1: it's true and that's just in the original theatrical release if anyone was a big enough fan that they purchased the extended collector's edition you actually got yeah me too (laughs) you actually got to see what planet earth looked like everyone was wearing masks very much like we do on a daily basis today walking the streets in a pandemic but it's more than that. It's because the co2 levels have risen so high in uh this 22nd century earth that you weren't you weren't able to live without them, essentially. And unfortunately, violence had risen and uh, advertisement was everywhere. It's very much that dystopian future that we've seen in other films before. But that was removed from the theatrical version because as we know, we've seen it before. And that wasn't the whole point of this film. Uh, The idea was to get people to wake up. And so they start the film and they end the film with eyes opening. And it's just something that you can appreciate on an artistic level, but from an environmental list point of view, it really just doesn't do anything anymore to keep shoving it down your throats. And I feel like I'm probably going to be another one of those people. If you're continue to listen through this conversation today, who you're going to hear things that you've probably heard before. But the point is if people keep saying them, it's maybe because we keep ignoring them. And uh, if we just listened and made those changes, people would shut up
0: you know that that sort of sums it up doesn't it is that I feel like we're still at the point of like we were in 2009 getting this message and mm-hmm. we're still in 2022 and we're still having to push that same message like some people didn't learn the lesson well to be fair the world hasn't learned the lesson no <laughs> there well there, there's a big lesson there which is hey look at what nature has to offer if you respect it and there's There's an absolute disregard for respect for the world and for what it offers us,
1: yeah, to use another James Cameron film as a bit of a metaphor here, the Titanic had received seven messages on the day of their collision, eleven messages in the two days leading up to that collision, about iceberg warnings, and still did not change their speed. So we are continuing to barrel along at the pace we are, fully aware of the consequences that are possible in the very near future, within our lifetimes, within, by by 2040, we're expecting to see the massive extreme events that will be caused just by a one and a half degree temperature rise, thanks to carbon emissions in our atmosphere. And we continue to receive these messages from massive globalizations like the IPCC on an annual basis. And still those changes are taking too long. Our course correction will come too late. But there is still a chance. So we have to make our our choices today. And not just everyone. It's so easy to pass it off and say, you know, the larger corporations are the ones responsible. Yes, but the larger corporations are doing what they think will benefit them in the long run. If the market, us individuals on the streets, living in our first class worlds, continue to live our lives as pleasurably as we so see fit, then those markets will continue in those directions and nothing will change so it really requires individuals to make those conscious choices and to to put the word out i mean just to to continue having these conversations day to day oh let's talk more about avatar
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this is how the conversation is going to go anyway because it is (laughs) this is the thing is avatar is so influenced by our own world and the history of the world and how it has treated the planet and um different um groups of people as well um that's a, that's obviously a huge thing that always comes up in conversations and i feel like when you look at how uh the navi live and in terms of there's uh for, you're, you're going to be more of an expert on this so i'm going to do it in my own sort of words but stumble like, away
1: we're all here
0: yeah um what they do is they don't take more from the world than they need to from what i understand they they don't advance you know they're not using technology that that they can't have from the earth naturally which i Mm -hmm. think is an incredible thing to to look at that way to be like there is a lot that the world offers and it gives enough that people have survived for centuries and (laughs) (laughs) without all the luxuries that we've had in modern day and yeah we've just become too comfortable with the ease of which things are provided to us you know it's fast food it's it's uh that consumer culture of being able to have things immediately and yeah so, like, avatar is so. all about sort of like hey take that step back and look at what nature offers you
1: it's possible to live very comfortably in a world where you're not producing garbage we are literally paying to make garbage Uh, I am a cosplayer, and part of my name, I go by Vega B or Vega Bondage online, and that name largely was taken from the fact that I wander around the world homelessly, but mostly for the fact that all of my costumes, my cosplays, uh, my former burlesque attires were always made from secondhand materials that I just found and was inspired by and was able to create something out of those. Because there is so much of that material in the world, it's very easy for me to come across things that I can use. When people are making things, I don't think there's enough focus into what will happen when I'm done using this. Okay, I'm gonna go out today and I'm gonna buy a boat. That's great. What are you gonna do in 30 years when that boat no longer functions the way that you want it to? You've had your fun out in the sun, drinking your beers on the lake, but now you have these massive oil tanks, you have decades worth of uh, materials and refined fossil fuels that you can't just throw away. They don't magically disappear. And I think the focus is not in, what am I gonna do with all of these pieces? It's just, what is the one particular goal I want out of it? And that requires the change that I think is where The general public needs to alter their way of thinking on on a broader scale how do i and how does everything that i touch affect everything else holistically on a global scale
0: yeah there's a lot of sort of short-term thinking i think at the moment in terms Mm -hmm. of like um you know one of the main things that i remember recently that changed because of attempts to save the world was the mm-hmm. change from plastic straws to straw uh, like paper straws that was mm-hmm. the big thing in England I don't know if is it was same for you oh, over
1: there yes I live in western Canada right now I'm in British Columbia I think we had a complete provincial ban on plastic straws about six years ago now so it's it's been a while but most smaller communities had already kind of done away with them in their in their small local environments
0: and I remember like when that happened, that sort of changeover, there was a lot of anger from people being like, "Oh, you know, oh, if you haven't changed the plastic straws, you're you're the worst sort of thing." But then immediately, as soon as um, that all changed, everyone's like, yep, yeah, we've done our bit, saved the world. We've we done <sighs> it, guys. <laughs> Great,
1: <laughs> perfect, problem solved." Yeah, that's
0: it. You know, um, it was just the straws, guys.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, as as much as you want to say you've done your your bit in those uh, situations, I think. Again, what's lacking is just uh, uh, the broader scale of things. And to that, I'm so excited that we have the internet. Not everyone has had this. And so it's harder for older generations who have not had this ability to communicate across the pond like we are right now mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in a face-to-face conversation with relatively zero lag. Uh, so, the rate of change is able to come that much faster now that we have these resources available to us. And unfortunately, just because that's how ca- uh, causality happens, some of these negative impacts had to happen in previous decades for us to get to this point. But that's not to say that we wouldn't have reached them in a more efficient way had there not been this corporate greed behind it, this idealism that as long as I am benefiting, as long as I am able to get what I want out of this right now. Uh, Anyway, so (laughs) again, causality, the world, we're all connected. That's the major theme of Avatar. And it is something that you see constantly throughout the film, Uh, the way that Neytiri is teaching Jake. And it takes a lot for Jake to kind of understand that. But that is the whole point of Jake Sully's character is he is meant to be the everyman, the person who we can most relate to because we have not been taught that where there are still indigenous cultures on this planet who are taught the way that Natiri believes. And as much as corporate America, neither of us are American, but so it's easy <laughs> to rag on them. Yeah, let's but, do that. <laughs> yeah, let's rag on them. <laughs> uh would like to tell you that, oh yeah, no, uh, those people don't exist anymore. That's a way of the past. It's not you mentioned yourself that you also own the Extended Collector's Edition of Avatar. And anyone else who does may remember the uh, the Message from Pandora, which was released. This came out a year after the film was originally released in theaters. But if you had that extended edition bought on DVD, there's a special feature on it called A Message from Pandora, where James Cameron actually goes to Brazil. He was invited there uh, as a large celebrity after the the big boom of Avatar. And because there was so much focus on him, they asked him to be a representative and try and bring out a larger message of environmentalism as the, um, what was it called? The Bona Dam was being developed uh, in Brazil. And to do that, they required clear-cutting massive portions of the Amazon rainforest. And they were gonna build this dam, which was going to relocate 25,000 people. Most of them were indigenous communities. And they just didn't have the means to combat these larger powers at political scale. Now, yeah, sure, a hydroelectric dam seems like a renewable resource, but when you're removing one of the planet's number one sources of carbon dioxide filtration and you're taking away the lungs out of our planet, that's going to have a negative side effect in the gla- on the grand scheme of things. And so he was able to go there not just once, but he brought, he kept going back with the cast of Avatar. He brought Arnold Schwarzenegger. He did everything that he could in his power to put focus on this, to try and prevent not just the construction, but to find more efficient ways, which he was able to do. But unfortunately, the uh, political system in Brazil just was not interested. They had a cheap, affordable idea in mind. Didn't matter that it was inefficient. They wanted this high, high hydroelectric jam as quickly as possible so that they could bring more power, more electricity to their region. And then that power was basically going to industrial centers for aluminum smelting, which of course goes into car production. And those cars aren't staying in Brazil. They're going to first world countries like our own in Britain, in Canada, in the United States. So we do have an impact. Our markets have an impact on the world as a whole. Yeah. We were talking about Avatar, weren't we?
0: not <laughs> somewhere along the line we were. Yeah. But <laughs> this this is the thing is Avatar is one of those films where it has that wider understanding of the world and the way and it also had such a wide impact as well in terms of the amount of people who watched it and amount of people who have been positively impacted in some way now obviously the the case with in brazil it didn't end how anyone wanted it to really aside from (laughs) the people who make the money yeah um but it showed that they there was an attempt and there was a drive to do it and it shows that with that sort of positive action things can change and it's great to see james cameron be almost like a, a a great spokesperson for that side of um of environmentalism and trying to save the world. I know he's done other work as well, and I know you you messaged me about one of them, which I don't think ever made it to the UK, sadly.
1: Oh, which one was that?
0: Um, oh, let me find the name of it. It was the it was the series. You oh, the something?
1: uh, a year, the years of living dangerously. That
0: was the one. Yeah, I I it's had looked up it in the UK, and it was it's like <laughs> no, nope, we don't, never got that. You one, were. So.
1: I re-listened to all your other podcasts leading up to this, just to make sure that we weren't going to have repetitive (laughs) conversations, Uh, and one of your guests had mentioned that he had wished James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger had made another film together. I don't think a lot of people realize that they've been making movies and television for the last decade. You're just not hearing about it because it's not a big action in sci-fi but they have been working as as executive producers on documentary series for the last 10 years. And one of those is called The uh, Years of Living Dangerously, which I think has two seasons now where they take celebrities and they go around the world and they explore the impact of, of what we've been doing, what human actions have done. They explore the science. And as I mentioned previously, they have a great way of breaking it down for the layman for the people who are climate change deniers, and allowing them to see it that, you know, for those who are religious, they don't have to give up their faith to believe that humans are having an impact on the climate. And they can structure it in a way to make you realize that, unfortunately, you are also a victim. You know, we are. it's not... You have done this. We're not accusing you of anything. We recognize that this is much bigger. You were only born so many years ago. There's only so much you could have done. But there is the ability for you to take responsibility today and allow for your changes to cascade into your communities and to see how that will have a a bigger impact on the environment later on. So it's not meant to attack anyone. A lot of these theories aren't. Uh, But just to show you that there are other other ways than what you've been taught in the past
0: yeah like he's so big into sort of like that educational side and when when you say something's educational I think people get the assumption that it is made for like kids but Mm. these documentaries aren't and I've watched I watched a couple of them I watched the um he did the Titanic 20 years later one and I also watched the the Atlantis Rising and mm-hmm. I found them super interesting, obviously, because the way of water and these are both very water-based, water based, water exploration based uh, documentaries. And I found it so interesting just in terms of what James Cameron likes in terms of he he loves to explore and he has that sort of hunger. and. I really hope, like, for me, I hope I have that hunger when I'm his age. And I know he's mm-hmm. not that old. I'm, I'm being he's, a bit harsh on he's 67
1: now. I mean, he's getting slightly up there, but you wouldn't notice. He actually looks like he's uh, de-aging in yeah. a way because he's <laughs> made such a, a lifestyle change in recent years. In the past decade, he looks like he's actually lost a decade off of his life rather than gained it because of the changes he's made in his day-to-day uh, living experiences.
0: Yeah, and that that's so fantastic to see. Is like he he's practicing what he preaches. Um that does bring me to to something which I didn't know that you had mentioned. And I think I saw it on your Twitter, which um was the fact that the new Avatar film has Lego sets coming out. Um, it's true. I know you made a comment about that, which was, hey Lego, maybe some green Lego. Like let's, yeah. let's environmentally friendly Lego
1: Well, be Lego right has... The corner, right? Lego has promised that uh, that they're creating a recycled Lego product. I don't know very much about Lego, so I don't want to speak on them too much. But I honestly just feel like when it comes to toy companies like Hasbro and Lego and, and what have you, Funko Pop is probably one of the worst, is that you have these companies who are selling you nostalgia. You already own what they are selling you you know everything that they give you is something in your mind that you are appreciating and you can do that without buying their product you can appreciate it yourself you don't need to buy these and support these little plastic products that are just going to never go away they won't they're just going to live there for tens of thousands of years the next evolutionary species on this planet which will be able to breathe carbon dioxide we'll dig them up and be like what the hell were these people doing look at this shit! they just created their own destruction uh so that's gonna happen at some point I mean yeah it'll look like a death star and they'll be like look what they used to worship and we'll (laughs) be like my lego death star so happy Uh, (laughs) I say that with my little uh, lego darth vader I can see him from here but I saved him from the ocean okay somebody left him on a beach
0: (laughs) that's it and I think um it's so interesting in terms of like there, there is a attempt to recycle plastics now a bit more, which is good. I'm glad to see that's happening. How much of an impact that has is yet to be seen, because obviously that sort of impact is going to be a thousand years down the line. We we might never see the impact, but no, using recycled but the point- plastics is. But it's something. It is an attempt.
1: Yeah, but plastic isn't the problem. I mean, plastic is just a product that's left behind. the The issue comes from bringing that oil out of the ground in order to refine it, in order to create those plastics. And those are the massive carbon dioxide emissions that are going up into our atmosphere, which are creating these greenhouse gas emissions, which are creating that giant blanket around the earth that we know so well, which the sun is having an impact on, which is increasing our ozone and which is making our planet too hot for humans to sustain life, especially the way that we have been. So we're seeing the melting ice caps and the water is rising. And the cities that we've developed on those beautiful ocean sides are being washed away. You know, I I saw a great uh, sci-fi movie recently, which was uh, Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman and um, uh, Kurt Curtis, Cliff Curtis, pardon me, who will be in Avatar The Way of Water. He was in that film as well. And it's based in Miami, Florida, except Miami, Florida looks like Venice, Italy, because everything is underwater. So it's just one of those dystopian future things that you can appreciate but unfortunately are uh we are currently still on the trajectory for
0: i, I do find it interesting because obviously in like uh cameron's like previous work like terminator as well the the sort of apocalypse was within like a 10 year span and i'm like oh <laughs> we, you know each time we like oh yeah 10 years time who knows maybe we're there again <laughs>
1: yeah people forget that james cameron was also the mind that came up with skynet you know like it <laughs> He's been here for a while he's been advocating this since his high school days i think i remember seeing an interview of him talking about a play that he wrote in high school called uh i can't remember what it was called but it was something about you know uh the environmental impact because he grew up in the 60s where greenpeace and uh, earth day were just kind of coming into fruition and that was his awakening his adolescence was built on those fundamental times where The world was just starting to wake up to the impact of the industrial revolution so there was really not that much time between those two things but because relatively you and i have only been on this planet for 30-ish years give or take i don't know how old you (laughs) are uh, you can see that we don't relate to time in the same respect as someone who might be in their 60s in their 70s you know what portion what percentage of your life have you experienced Being on TikTok, obviously, I got a lot of young followers who are telling me, I can't wait for Avatar to come out. I've been waiting for this my whole life. And yeah, they mean it because it came out when they were three years old. They didn't have a respect for what for what Avatar is or was or everything that led up to it. And unfortunately, that's the same thing that goes for us. So when we say you don't understand our the scale of our, of our impact on a global scale. we're also not thinking about time. A hundred years ago was not that long ago, but that was when Albert Einstein was around and he was just starting to figure out relativity. So the world really has evolved very quickly in a very short amount of time because you can compare that to the indigenous First nations populations who, at least in my region have been here for over 10,000 years. and they were able to live harmoniously for 10,000 years, much like the Navi have on Pandora until, Colonialism came through and destroyed their way of life. Going back to James Cameron, however, and the work that he has done in environmentalism, it's not just what he's telling people to do. It's very much uh I practice what I preach situation with him. So in 2012, one of my favorite projects that is Avatar specific is the fact that he, with his light with his production company, Lighthouse Studios, invested in renewable resources to make Avatar and the sequels five films has net zero emissions and that project was by installing solar panels uh, at the studio that they would be filming in L.A. Now I know a lot of people recognize that Avatar is actually mostly filmed down in New Zealand, but what's great about Wellington New Zealand is that they're already using renewable energy resources. They have wind farms and those are supplemented by a hydroelectric dam, which create this power without create without needing to burn fossil fuels and that is just an amazing step in technology and the film industry because unfortunately you would think that the city of Los Angeles which is basically built in a community of sunshine would be able to have more solar panels but there's been such slow development in this because why do that but unfortunately the city of California well the pretty the state of California um, does burn fossil fuels in order to create that for their power plants to produce energy. And most of the film industry has been working off of those grids. But uh, the Manhattan Beach Studio was happy to receive, essentially, uh, the gift of solar panels and solar power technology from Lighthouse Studios so that they could have net zero emissions. And what's even more than that, especially for any Marvel fans, uh, that's what a lot of my other content used to be, is that the Marvel movies are made at the MBS, at Manhattan Beach Studios. So if you enjoyed Endgame, you can kind of take a breath of fresh air to know that the power used to create that film came from renewable sources. And those sources are available. We just have to advocate, advocate for them. Somebody has to invest in them now and why not make it companies like Disney who have the money to do so.
0: You know what? That's, that's so good to hear as well. And I'm I'm not surprised that the, uh, the studio is like, yeah, we'll take the solar panels. Why not? Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll take the free energy. Sure, go for it.
1: Yeah. Um, if he doesn't own those studios, you know, yeah. uh, I think the people who owned them at the time don't even own them anymore. From when I was looking it up, they sold them in 2019. So there's just this massive array of solar panels on top. If you look at Google Earth, you can find Manhattan Beach studios, and you can look at the solar panels on these roofs, and they're there. But more than that, James Cameron is not just somebody who finds somebody else who can build them. He kind of designs and builds these things himself. He's a very intelligent individual. His father was an electrical engineer. His brother's a robotics engineer. And you hear a bit more about them in his other work that he's done with National Geographic, um, where he had a help in designing the submersible which went down to the bottom of Marianas Trench in 2012 so James Cameron was one small individual in this tiny tiny little hole and went 11 kilometers beneath the surface of the ocean to one of the deepest places on earth which had only been done once before by two guys uh, Jacques Picard and Don Walsh so that was a remarkable achievement back in 2012 and From that, he was able to take scientific samples back up to biologists and put that interest and funding into science, where, unfortunately, governments have not been able to provide that kind of funding in the past. So Avatar, you know, your ticket, you want your ticket to do something, you want to do something with your money, that money is going directly into science, well, indirectly into science, but it's happening because James Cameron is an advocate for environmentalism and for science.
0: And you made a mention there just beforehand about Disney. And I think it's really interesting to see that obviously they built the world of Pandora in Animal Kingdom Mm -hmm. and Animal Kingdom has a big sort of push for trying to be a bit more environmentally friendly. Obviously as a Disney park, it is going to have an awful lot of waste. And I know they have made steps to try and do some positive change over there. I'm sure there was, they built a lot of solar panels over there from what I remember.
1: They have. Um, they have them in, in Disneyland as well, but I, I don't know a lot about what Disney has done on that front. I know that they're trying to, but they're also meeting opposition because the cities wish to benefit directly from that, where Disney is essentially trying to build their own city yeah. around a city. <laughs> <laughs> the cities don't like that. They Everyone wants to have their take, and Disney's like, nah, we're going to take care of it ourselves.
0: <laughs> Disney he try to build their own cities happened before yeah. multiple times? So um mm-hmm. honestly it's not a surprise they try to do it again. <laughs> no. Um but it's really interesting as well, like as as you said about him really being like, oh no, I'm you know, oh there's a room in this sub for one person. Oh yeah, I'll do it, sure. Throw, throw me in. <laughs> like yeah. I like that he's literally like the first one on the line to be like, yeah, I'm in. Put me in. Well, now. it
1: wasn't it wasn't his first time either, by any means. Uh <laughs> Before Avatar even came out there, he had worked with National Geographic and with NASA. Uh, There was one film which you can find on Disney Plus called Aliens of the Deep, which was, it's kind of meant for a younger audience. Uh, They have this young uh, scientist who was just starting to work on her her, uh, PhD, I believe. And she kind of ends up being the face of this film. But James Cameron is there with his brothers, uh, one of which, like I mentioned, is a robotics engineer. The other one is a former Marine. And so these are kind of two very different sides of the spectrum, but they're all in one family. And there they are in the middle of the ocean launching these submersible vehicles so that they can go and explore these hydro uh, thermic vents under the ocean. And it's just remarkable to see. And I think we're going to see a little bit more inspiration from those kind of dives in Avatar The Way of Water when we finally get to see what it looks like under the surface of the ocean on Pandora
0: that part excites me the most I think the sort of underwater aspect because it feels like we're going to be exploring such a new aspect of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, his love of water and he, he he's a diver himself uh it, it feels like he's ready to make that sort of call out to be like hey look you know I've, I've already ca- called you to save the earth uh, let's do a call for the save the oceans this time around let's see let's see if that one works for the message
1: it's you know you got to break it down into pieces yeah okay if we save the world the world seems too big but if we just save the ocean you know That's only 70%. the ocean is <laughs> mostly the earth and that if you can save the ocean you've probably got the the earth down pat but uh yeah let's just break it down piece by piece and the ocean's a great place to start but i don't think it'll be the last place that we go either we've got four sequels coming out And we know from the Pandoran lore that there are just as many biomes on Pandora as there are on planet Earth. We've got tropical rainforest, temperate rainforest, uh, deserts, frozen tundra, oceanic environments for a multitude of ranges. uh, And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the next eight years.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I got a feeling I could see a storyline developing where the impact of um, the RDA and other because uh, I believe there's another company involved as well and their impact on Pandora will be felt by different biomes and you'll see the wider impact and I think this is going to be his way of showing it and having it seen through the 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 kid's eyes the, the mm-hmm. uh, as in like the children of Jake and Materi I think that's going to be how he sort of shows it to be like oh this is the moment you're going to look and be like Oh, we're messed up. We like we've messed up our world. They've messed it up for us. We need to kick on.
1: A lot of the younger generation already know that and they blame their parents. But unfortunately, what they don't recognize is that it's easy to blame your parents, but the parents blame their parents and those parents blame the other parents. And it's so easy to go back and forth and just keep passing the blame that you're having absolutely no impact on what needs to be done. So forget pointing fingers saying that the corporations are the ones who are responsible and take responsibility and do whatever you can, however small and insignificant it may feel, you know, it's it's okay. Well, why should I miss out? while everyone else is buying their Funko pop collections and going to comic con and traveling around the world in their private jets. It's, you know, you can't think of it like that. You have to just take a moment, take a breath, experience the world around you. If you're going to take a vacation, yeah, you could go to Disney or you can go to a rainforest. You know, you can choose to experience the world around you. So many people go to the theater and they think, oh, man, I wish I lived on Pandora. Dude, you already do. (laughs) (laughs) You do live there. You just don't see it in your urban cities that we've built these walls around us. And you have the ability to go a couple kilometers away from wherever you are and find some some inkling of that nature that we've destroyed so i encourage you to try and do it and uh and see what impact it'll have on your own personal life i I know james cameron does regularly yeah and i think that's
0: i I think that's a great lesson for people to take away from from these movies is take that time take uh, you know jake spends a lot of this move like the first movie wandering around just looking at nature and taking it in there's there's a whole sequence of him just like trying to understand what is going on around him. He's not, he doesn't understand it and he's learning. And I feel like that's what people maybe need to do a bit more is, is just take that time, enjoy it, view it and just see it with your own eyes rather than try and wish, wish yourself away to a different planet.
1: Yeah. As somebody who spent a lot of her time in this escapism worlds of my own design in my imagination but yet lives in a temperate rainforest I can look out and all I see are mountains ocean right now and it's absolutely gorgeous they exist they exist I don't need to imagine another world it is right here in front of me and the creatures in these worlds exist something that we're going to see in Avatar the Way of Water is the new Tolkien species which I am probably the most excited for out of anything else from the trailers, but the these massive 300 foot whales, space whales, okay, uh, are there, and I think we're going to get a, a deeper appreciation for the marine life. Uh, I know we've got Jemaine Clement playing a marine biologist, so you know that's going to add so much to it because who doesn't love Jemaine Clement? But if you really want uh, a deeper insight as to what to expect with Avatar The Way of Water another James Cameron uh, documentary series that you should watch on Disney Plus is called Secrets of the Whales that came out in the last two years, a year ago, I think. Um, And it is a four episode docu-series on different species of whales, uh, which is all narrated by Sigourney Weaver. So you can have the calming tones of Grace Augustine's voice harmonically telling you about how humpback whales mate and how these are not just animals something different from us that they are in fact a species with culture and traditions just like human beings are they just happen to have fins and live in a greater body uh, or a greater percentage of the world than we do and yet they are a, a smaller species in population than human beings so take appreciation for those moments and for what we have in common with other people and other Species rather than what's different from us, and put focus onto that.
0: So, for you, is there uh, what? What's your hopes for the way of water in terms of what it can do for positive action in the world? Is Is there like a obviously we're we're really specul <laughs> speculating here? <laughs> um, but is there anything that you hope that it can cause an impact for? Obviously, full change would be great, but obviously, yeah, a no. s- small is there like smaller impacts you're hoping to see it cause? Maybe.
1: I think I have always had high expectations on what the world is capable of doing, and uh, those expectations are not always met. I know that Avatar, the first film, had the impact that it was able to reach a global message and reach communities on a grander scale and have almost a uniting force. We now have people around the world learning the language of Na'vi because they want to connect to those people, even if they don't exist those people live on this planet. And I think now that we have the accessibility of the internet, even more so than we did back in 2009, we can build those communities online and we can see what we have in common with other people. And I think considering now that we have four films coming out subsequently in eight years, we're gonna see something on the scale of Star Wars or Marvel, I don't know if you spend much time on TikTok, but those are huge corners (laughs) of the internet right now. Mm -hmm. We will have that for Avatar, but I think that community movement will have the ability to make the change that we need necessary in the next 10 years. Because what happens in this next decade will be what what makes us decide, will, sorry, what's the word? will have the impact that we need or it won't. So if we don't make any changes, we're going to stay the course. Uh, you know, the Titanic will hit the iceberg. We have our message in hand. We know what's happening up ahead of us. We will or will not make a course correction now, or we will have hit an iceberg. So that's that's basically I, what I hope for the movie is that it'll it'll scream into the ear of the captain on this Titanic, and by the captain I mean all of us, uh, and we'll get the message finally we'll do something about it
0: uh, that's the hope and obviously you could you can relay that as the titanic as the creation of skynet as uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pandora being destroyed for unobtainium you know and i think that shows just how much james cameron has tried to push those messages to say look there are people to be listened to listen to their message see what they see and we might <laughs> we might get out of this alive."
1: True. It's true. Maybe. I mean, everyone's going to die eventually. Just to end end on a happy note there. No matter what, we will all be unified in death. Um, (laughs) But I guess one of the smaller themes of uh, Avatar is the idea of reincarnation and what lives on when you're gone. We have the recombinants. We have uh, Grace Augustine coming back as Kiri. And if legacy is something that's important to you, then this could be the direction that you take your legacy. Um, if you if you don't care having your name written down in the history books, then you can still have the impact and your name doesn't need to be associated with it. But if you want to have that impact, then speak up now, make the make the change and be a face and a name associated with positive impact in the long run.
0: That's such a fantastic way. I feel like that's a perfect way to wrap it up for today. Uh, be- before before I do, is there anything else that you really want to suggest to people in terms of things they can do right now uh, that can help out and uh, make that difference?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we mentioned uh, just making daily changes, small changes to your life. Uh, one of those, <laughs> and this is where people often get lost, unfortunately, is changing your diet. Uh, if you can remove animal products from your life, like James Cameron did, like Arnold Schwarzenegger did, like Jackie Chan did, and if you want to hear more about how they believe in plant-based diets, then you can watch their documentary, uh, They, the three of them executive produced on Netflix, It's called The Game Changers, and they very clearly spell out for you the impact that animal product, pro, products have had on uh, global greenhouse gas emissions in the long run, so that's a small change that you can make and you'll actually notice a personal benefit from it. If you've been feeling sluggish, if you feel like you just don't have the energy in your life to live the life that you dream of, try this change. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. You can sm- make small changes day to day, You know, just eat um, vegetables on Fridays, whatever you want. Try that out, try it out. And uh, I think you'll notice very clear, quickly and clearly uh, that your body will thank you for it, just like the ecosystem that we live in will appreciate if we can stop putting greenhouse gas emissions out there. Uh, outside of that, if you want to do a little bit more, you can contact your policymakers in whatever country you live in, let them know that you only support them if they are advocating for renewable energies, so that we are no longer reliant on fossil fuels. Let's get that out of our economy, just remove it altogether. And let's go forward with a future that will last for generations because right now we only have a few left
0: that's amazing um just in regards to the um it's been interesting as well like i i've actually tried to change the diet a little bit changing hey. for, to oat milk and uh, a couple meals a week being um meat meat free and the difference is so good like I, it, it's obviously step by step and that's like obviously
1: Road, but
0: hey it's something and I, I you think
1: look great I've never met you before but I've, you look thinner already <laughs> I feel great <laughs> but I
0: also think it's interesting because I think there's a the stigma has been removed a little bit now of um being vegetarian or vegan mm-hmm. than what it was 10 years ago and I think that's that's a big impact and you know things like the game changer series which you mentioned have really put that forward um because not all documentaries now are The cowspiracy side of things where it's like here is a horror show of what you are witnessing and doing to the world instead it's a here's the positive thing that comes from changing and i I think that's maybe the way to move forward in terms of teaching people how to (laughs) make those changes in my life
1: it's true and it takes daily practice obviously in this conversation i sat down today being like i am not going to just drive down people's throats, the environmental (laughs) movement. I won't, I'm just gonna talk about Avatar, but I can't. I'm passionate. I apologize if this has been, you know, those people probably tuned out a long time ago if this was not the message that they sat down for, but if this is something that you truly do believe in, uh, hopefully these resources will help you uh, make a little bit more of a difference, or you can pass them on to your friends and family, have those conversations with the older generations patiently because they have not spent 20%, 50%, 80% 20%, 50%, 80% of their lives with the green message down their throats. They've only had maybe 10% of their lives being it driven down their throats. So it's, you have to be patient with them. You have to understand uh, what portion of their life and how much experience that they have had uh, really defines how they continue to see the world. So if they've only been told people that, you know, propane and, and gas is everything that I want in my life, well, <laughs> I'm sorry to say that I wish you could read a fucking book. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so I think that's a perfect way for us to end in terms of we've given a bit of a message for everyone, Look, have a little call, call out to people to be like, hey, look, let's make a little change each. And uh, guess what? If all 2.7 billion of us who bought a ticket to Avatar the first time round did that, we'd uh, make a big old change in the world.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So I would like to thank you so much for coming along to the podcast. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks and for having me. I, I know you said you didn't want to get all deep and environmental, but I knew this would happen and I'm glad it did.
1: <laughs> I guess it's got to happen at some point, right? That's the whole point of the film. It's not like it was a secret or escape anything, it. people. <laughs>
0: yeah, like if you if you watched Avatar and you didn't see the message, turns out you maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe it wasn't for you
1: like we said, it it really depends on your life experience that will define how you see things. And if you're only looking for a particular message, and that's all you're going to see. And it's going to take more time and more patience. But unfortunately, time is just not something that we have uh, in great quantity at the moment. So it just, it requires us to find new ways to get through and be as positive as possible, you know, just this is it's not a bad thing it's a great challenge the whole name of this podcast is rise (laughs) to the challenge rise to the challenge people rise to the challenge of saving our planet the only one that we have we can talk about colonizing mars all you want that's harder to do than saving our planet so if we can do that we can do this i believe in us
0: oh yeah i love it (laughs) so uh where are the best places for people to find you then
1: I am a TikTok creator. So <laughs> Vega Bondage Babe is my tag online, which is what I've been going by since I joined TikTok a few years ago. Um, I'm on Instagram, but it's a very different kind of content. But yeah, if you find me on TikTok, that's where you'll see all of my avatar content. I have been breaking down the science of Avatar, doing some uh, exploration of what the cast have been involved with in the past. Uh, I've started a Learn Navi. Uh, series but I'm learning Navi so it's like a learn along with me there are mistakes <laughs> to be made when learning a new language and I'm learning that very quickly on the internet <laughs> so uh, hang out with me there that's a great place uh, alternatively you know if you go to find me on TikTok you'll see all my other links and that'll bring you to what else I do on the internet but that's the main place avatar wise
0: and I would highly recommend uh, going to the TikTok because it's great content and Uh, For anyone who was looking to learn a bit of Na'vi, the best way to start is to hear other people talking it. I promise you, that's the easiest way. I've tried to read Na'vi conversations. Turns out it's really hard to read it if you don't understand anything that's going on. It's a
1: fanatic language. It's got all these different tones, different emphasis. Uh, I mean, the verb structure, if you've ever learned a second language, you'll learn very quickly that different uh, letters you put different vowels together. Like if I learn Netherlands, uh, the UI... Which for an English speaker would be we, you know, in Netherlands it's ow. So you just have to learn those different tones, you learn the grammar. But for all of that, you can also go to uh, Kalutrel and learn Nabi, which are the two main websites for learning the Navi language.
0: Yeah. So, and th- thank you again so much. And I do have one final question for you. Actually, I, you know what? I'm going to change this from a question to oh. you, and I'm going to change it to a question to the world. Um, Myself and I know that you have also now started a little petition for yourself. Um, we both want to go to the avatar premiere. <laughs> we really um, want to go. Yeah. Um, there's no point in me asking if I could come to the avatar premiere with you because you're in Canada. That's not helpful for me. And it's true. the same way the other way around, that's not helpful for you. Just to come all the way to London. That's not that's not helpful. So we'll instead, put... we'll put a shout out to the world to be like, hey, anyone who listens and you know happens to go to either the Canadian or London <laughs> premiere get us on come on
1: i'll, to I'll go on. to the la premiere okay i've already planned it out i'm building myself an exo pack because you know it's still a pandemic so i don't want to breathe other people's air but i'm building <laughs> an pack there is a uh rental car company that only rents electric vehicles and i can rent drive one down to california so i don't have any renewable uh, or pardon me non-renewable energies being used into my transportation i will get to L.A. in a green way, even if I have to bike in the middle of December. But more than that, I'm also willing to help out my friend Sean here by offering you, I don't know if you know many people on TikTok, but I have quite a few mutuals who live in the UK and are often invited to the premiere. So what I will do is I'll try and contact them and say, hey, if you get the Avatar invite, you should bring this guy. So I will do my best to try and get you there
0: oh my god that's the yeah. best news possible which means that not only <laughs> is my attempt to ask just every guest i'm now getting my guests to ask other people because mm-hmm, it's a
1: community yeah the community, that's it people hey. pass the word along
0: and that's what avatar is all about in the end it's all about being a community be together you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure thanks and, for having me sean and i'm sure at some point in the future we'll probably have another conversation probably about well I know you've seen the um the show the uh Circus show
1: I was gonna say if you want to talk about the circus I could totally go off about that for another hour too oh, but that will but have we to be a whole that for podcast
0: because um I'll, <laughs> I'll need to watch the show first
1: <laughs> all right <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to watching it I I've never seen it. I haven't seen circus shows so I'm looking forward to that that sort of thing um I'm starting not get to see it live though <laughs>
1: Yeah, and well, we'll, it, we'll save that for the next podcast.
0: We, we'll have to. And uh, I, that's where you got your hoodie from, right? It's true. Ah. It's actually
1: a, a child's hoodie. It was the largest size that they had. So I just kind of squeeze into it. <laughs> hey, it works.
0: It works. <laughs> so yeah, thank you everyone for listening. And well, this time as well, watching. So by the way, if anyone doesn't understand any of the references, because we're talking about things that are in the room, it's because we got visuals this time. So you can find me on YouTube now, probably.
1: Which will be kind of fun.
0: And um, I might be ending on TikTok. Who knows? We'll yeah, find out. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for everyone listening and uh, catch you all around. Bye. Yay.